Welcome to the Fully Delighted Podcast, a hopeful and helpful resource from South Mountain Community Church, a multi-site church in Utah. Each week, we will be hearing from our staff as we explore what makes SMCC unique, as well as what it means to be fully devoted and fully delighted in Jesus Christ. We hope this podcast can be a helpful resource for you to take your next step with Jesus. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fully Delighted Podcast. My name is Adam and I get to serve as the pastor of Central Ministries here at SMCC. And uh, I've got two people with me that if you've listened before, you are probably familiar with. But for those of you that might just be joining us for the first time, uh, I've got Pastor Eric here, our lead pastor at SMCC, on with us today. Good to have you, Eric. Yeah, really excited for this uh, new season. I'm pumped, man. Excellent. And we've got Trevor also, Pastor Trevor. Glad to be here. Pastor of Teaching and Discipleship. Yep, that's right. Excellent. Yeah, so uh, we decided that we were going to jump back in. This is going to kind of be a mini-series, a mini-season. I don't know what you want to call it. Yeah, no. So um, we like to do seasons of the podcast around mile markers in the life of our church. Um, And so this new series that we're doing on Sundays is a bit of a mile marker uh, in the life of our church as we communicate with intentionality what it means to be a disciple. Mm. And so we wanted to do a season of the podcast on that alone. It's just three weeks because that's all it's going to take for us to uh, put this flag into the ground in terms of what do we mean when we talk about discipleship at SMCC. And so that's what this season of the podcast is going to be. It's going to be short and sweet, but super clear. It's going to be the type of language that people can repeat over and over again for the rest of their lives. And then, um, so it'll be three weeks. We'll wrap up. We'll head into the holidays and we'll come back uh, in the next season of the podcast for our big Matthew New Testament study. And so mm-hmm. I'm really excited to study the, the gospel of Matthew together. But um, before that, uh, we want to set up a discipleship paradigm that our church will be kind of built on for years to come. Excellent. Excellent. So with the vision series, maybe people are familiar with this since they went to church uh, maybe this past weekend or watched online, uh, or some people may not be. So what is the idea? Usually we do vision at SMCC over our our history as a church would be just one Sunday. Mm -hmm. Now it's three weeks. Yeah, three weeks. You just got more to say, Eric? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, I have less to say. Well, I guess if you put my parts together, it would add up to 30 minutes, three 10-minute messages. Um, But uh, really, I think what's important to me in this series is to set up the paradigm um, but then allow each campus pastor to bring that vision to their campus in, in their way, through their voice, in a way that fits their culture at the campus. And um, so that's what we've been doing is sort of uh, uh, forming a team approach to, to vision. And that's why we've done it in three three parts. Now, I think um, I want to go back into history a little bit and kind of frame up why this is so important to me, why this is so important to us. Um People have been talking about discipleship since Jesus introduced it, but even before that, I mean, people were disciples of rabbis and disciples of teachers and disciples of some authority in their lives. I mean, everybody follows somebody. That's just true. Like, we are wired to take our cues from somebody, and then eventually we decide, well, no one can tell me what to do. And it's like, well, where'd you hear that? Well, my friend said it. It's like, okay, you're just following him then. Like, <laughs> all of our thoughts come from somebody else, all right? That's just that's just clear. And we should be wise about who we decide to listen to and who we follow as disciples. Now, um, when I first became a Christian at 18, uh, people talked about discipleship a ton. Like, we got to be a church that disciples people, you know? Um, in fact, uh, I remember sitting, guys, 
in an office with an elder board. I was like probably 20 years old. I had become this like volunteer, sort of part-time intern at this church. And they were talking about the philosophy of their church. And they said, we just got to be an Ephesians 4 church. And I had no idea what that meant. And then, you know, almost 16 years later, I'm here breaking down Ephesians 4 every week with somebody explaining who we are as a church and where we're headed. Um, but it took me almost 16 years to put all the pieces together. So I've heard people talk about discipleship in so many ways that I'm not sure Christians really know what discipleship is. It sounds great. We just got to be mm-hmm. discipling. We just need to be disciples. And it's like, well, what does that mean? I don't know. It just means we're really serious or we're transformed or we're connected or like there's so many ways of talking about it that, that um, it's murky. And when mm-hmm. things are unclear or murky, no one knows what direction you're headed in. So as I began to think about my tenure here uh, at the helm of SMCC, I think one of the most important things I can do is just make it clear. Where are we going? Make it as clear as possible. The reason churches so often just count nickels and noses, all right, bucks (laughs) and butts. Have you ever heard that one before? (laughs) (laughs) The reason people count attendance and money in churches is not because those things, you know, are more important than other things. It's just those are the clearest things. They're easiest. Yeah, they're the easiest to count. It's the clearest to count. I wanted to find something in terms of discipleship that could be equally clear because the clearest thing gets acted upon. Whatever is most clear, that gets our attention because it's easiest to move a whole team of people, thousands of people at our church towards. And so when I stumbled on discipleship in terms of head, heart, and hands, head, heart, and hands, I went, that's the clarity we need. I don't think it's brilliant. I don't think it's sexy. I don't think it's unheard of and it's never been done. I just think it's very clear. And why it's so clear is it corresponds to something that's very important to us, authority, identity, and activity. We'll break it down in this podcast. And I thought, well, if we can create a head, heart, and hands culture here at SMCC, we will create a discipleship culture. And at least people know what discipleship is. It's somebody whose head is submitted to Jesus, heart is submitted to Jesus, and hands are submitted to Jesus. And that that head, heart, hands language, it's so repeatable. I mean, I've, I've said it once, and like it starts to get repeated by people. And it's so easy to think about each day of my life. Jesus, I want to follow you. So today I'm going to start with my mind. Jesus, help me embrace your truth. My heart, I want to love people. I want to listen to my daughter. I want to connect with Carissa. I want to I want to draw out the hurt inside of our staff, whatever it might be. And then my hands, I'm going to stay up late and do the dishes so my wife doesn't have to. All right, that's discipleship in a given day in the real world. On any given day, I'm honoring Jesus in my head, my heart, and my hands. And I think if people can think of their own lives in those three ways, we're going to see people live as disciples. And so that's that's like, like, like my heart behind this, is that we make discipleship clearer than ever for people in just a way that works, in a way that's biblical. And it is biblical. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, and I remember I remember the day this, um, this I said it for the first time, head, heart, and hands. I was talking to my friend Phil Weave, who's planning a church, and he said, how do you guys do adult ministry? And I kind of broke it down with small groups and classes and serving and all these things. And he was like, okay, so you guys are doing all that? Like, I said, hey, man, let me just make it real simple for you. Just think of your church and just think of head, heart, and hands, man, just three categories. And he goes, dude, why have you never like done that before? I'm like, done what? He's like, make it as clear as head, heart, and hands. I'm like, mm. I don't know. He goes, you got something there. And then I started to process it slowly. This is almost two years ago. Yeah. This was before even like I started to interview and talk about what um, I would do if I were the lead pastor at SMCC. And so then when head, heart, hands clicked, uh, it clicked for me. It clicked for people outside of our church. It started to click with our staff. I began to think of authority and identity and activity, which were already in place at our church. And I went, oh, those are a little bit abstract, a little bit philosophical, 
head, heart, hands, so tangible. Mm-hmm. And boom, we had really landed on something that would take us into the future. So here we are, guys. That's my backstory to our discipleship paradigm at SMCC. Yeah, and I think that the, the I don't want to say the problem, but the, the lack of clarity is there. But yet there's a lot of energy and attention that goes into um, discipleship because people will look at, so whether you're at a church or a Christian, you're going to look at probably at some point, great commission that Jesus gives in Matthew 28. And you see that, okay, go and make disciples. And you're like, okay, so this is super important. Mm-hmm. What does that what mean? What is that? Yeah, like, I mean, and you could just, oh, it's people following Jesus, but like... What does that okay, mean? Okay, but what is, like, how does, <laughs> like, what's the practical part of it? Yeah, you just, and, yeah, there's man, a lot I, to it. There are so many times I've had conversations with people that say this. SMCC doesn't disciple people. I say, okay, I, I, I might know what you're saying. Can you tell me what you mean by that? Well, they don't, like, do enough of this. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, oh, okay, so if we did that, are we making disciples? Like, yeah. And then someone else say, we don't disciple people. I say, what does that mean? And they go, like, I don't, I, I don't know. Like, yeah. they just could not put it into words what it means to be a disciple, but they knew we weren't doing it. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, well, what is it? What is it? And, and I think um, my job as a leader, any, any leader's job is to take the murky Mm-hmm. and the confusing and make it clear. That's yep. the role of a leader because then you can lead people towards it because it's clear for everybody. And I think Belong Before You Believe has been so valuable to our culture here because it's so clear and it's so sticky. Yeah. And so as a leader, your job is to make it clear. Your job is to make it stick. Your job is to say it over and over again in repeatable ways. And if it gets if it gets um, built into the language of your culture, you know you've affected change. And so I think Head, Heart, Hands is going to be very strong language. We're going to throw it up on the walls when we can afford it. We're going to use this language a lot, and um, it's going to it's going to stick. And um, and then we're going to program around it. And so that's our approach to getting intentional about discipleship. Which I got in front of our church 18 months ago, and I, sa- and I said we're going to take the excellence and intentionality of Sunday and do it midweek. Okay, how do we do it midweek? We're going to equip Head, Heart, and Hands, and that's where we're headed. Yeah. So what do we do with uh, with the head? So you're saying that the, you got kind of a little bit of an abstract idea of authority okay, yeah. connected to something that's a little bit more concrete, the uh-huh. head. So we're relating those two parts of discipleship together, basically. We are. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah biblical thinking. Trevor, why don't you take us through um, the way you like to talk about equipping or head, heart, and yeah. hands? Yeah, yeah. I think one of the first connections that I usually make with head and authority is that um, I like to talk about head as biblical and theological competency. Um, or even maturity, that you're coming to have, uh, you know how to have a meaningful time in the Word. doesn't mean that you know the answer to every question or that you know every passage um, intimately, but it, that you you have an understanding, you have the tools, you've been equipped to have a meaningful time in the Word. You know how to study the Bible. You know how to uh, find answers for the different questions that arise uh, in your life, in your conversations with others, in your community. Um, so biblical and theological competency. And then the connection to authority is that part of um, part of those competencies is actually understanding that Jesus is the ultimate authority over all of reality, right? Uh, Lord of lords, King of kings, that, that he really and truly is that. And so part of growing in biblical and theological understanding is actually understanding that and submitting to it, receiving him as the authority within our own lives. Hmm. Yeah, that's excellent. Um, in this category of, of head or the mind, we see a lot of passages that speak to this. So you talked about Matthew 28, make disciples. We look at Ephesians 4, we're going to look at it in a little bit, and we see this mandate, the marching orders for the local church, which is to equip people for works of service. Okay, that's with the hands. So that they grow in knowledge, 
That's the head so that they can grow united and love. That's the heart. And so it's so clear in Ephesians 4. I want to read it in a second and break it down, but but we see that. So in, in the category of the mind or or loving God with our minds, which in, in Mark 12 and Matthew we see, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, mm-hmm. and strength. Mm-hmm. So you got your mind right there, Romans 12. Uh, the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Our thinking is crucial into how we honor God. And so this is a worldview thing. This is an apologetics thing that my worldview is framed by the Bible. It's called a biblical worldview, and discipleship requires requires that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, part of that is once we've accepted Jesus as the ultimate authority, uh, then his understanding, his definition, his teaching that he gives to us concerning what reality is, right, that's how we come to understand it. And so... Mm-hmm. Um, I know we use the illustration of a puzzle at a lot of the campuses this past Sunday where when we start, um, you know, the starting place for all of us in terms of growing in the category of heads, kind of the same, where it's just a mess of puzzle pieces. Uh, it's almost like if you open up several boxes, pour them all out together, and you've got pieces of the Christian worldview, you've got pieces of other worldviews all thrown into the mix, and you've got no picture to work with. You don't even know what you're trying to assemble. And uh, the really the process of growing in that is of, you know, sorting out the pieces, getting the ones that you're missing, getting the right things on the table, kind of sorting out the edges, figuring out the picture, understanding what is the story of reality, right? Because what Christianity presents to us is a story, and it's the story of reality that we're living in. And as we continue to grow in our understanding of that, we're able to live in light of reality um, and find joy and find peace in doing so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, um, so that's this, this mind category or head category. A disciple thinks like the one they follow. The, a disciple's thoughts are framed by the one that they follow. So, so at SMCC, you know, we don't have the word disciple in our mission statement. We have fully devoted, fully delighted followers. We have followers. But, but that's very much the same concept. And, and someone who is a disciple is someone who's fully devoted. We've broken down devotion into authority, identity, and activity, and then those correspond to head, heart, and hands. So head, heart, and hands is really just a new, clear, and tangible way of talking about full devotion at SMCC. That's really all that it is. But it's so clear, it really can help us think through our, our lives and our own discipleship process. So what I've, what I've been inviting as many people as possible to do is ask themselves some questions about their discipleship. So um, in the small group questions for each of these messages, there's important questions like, um, what does someone need to know to be a Jesus follower? What, how does their mind need to be formed to be fully devoted, fully delighted? What is a disciple of Jesus's mind like? How does it work? What do they believe? What do they not believe? How do they spot lies? How do they communicate truth? All of that is in the mind. And um, it's hard to love something that you just don't understand or don't know. It's, Mm -hmm. It's very difficult, probably impossible. And so our minds must be at play in the discipleship uh, process. And so I've been asking people to, to think about their own head, heart, and hands. Which area are you the strongest? And I'm going to ask you guys this question, and which area are you weakest? So if you're going to grow mature as a Christian, maturity matters, which area right now would you guys, Trevor and Adam, say is the most formed in your discipleship? Which one's the least at this mm-hmm. point, as you think of your own head, heart, and hands? I just thought, maybe Adam, can we start with you on that one? Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because I think, as I'm thinking about it, I think all areas of that could use growth. I'm trying to think of the one that is the lowest uh, probably right now. Um, and, and by lowest, I mean maybe ill-equipped, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or um, yeah. struggling to in struggling to submit this area yeah. you know, yeah. to Jesus at this time. 
It feels like I'm being equipped a lot in my head right now. Cool. I'm taking a class through SMCCU. Yep. I'm also going to school. Yeah. <laughs> so your mind some, is at work. Mind is at work right now. Um, yeah, and I think um, I have grown a lot in the heart section. Mm. Has been a weaker point for me in the past. Yeah. So maybe hands is where I'm just not being equipped a ton right now. Yeah, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say I gravitate towards uh, mind, you know, that category. That's just where... You I, don't say. I, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's where I like to hang out. Um, and so I would say, um, yeah, I'm always... I would say the, the areas where I could use some more equipping... Um, where I have to be more intentional is around heart and hands, and probably the one that has the least degree of, in, like, intentionally being equipped right now would be hands. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same with me, Trevor. Um, you know, we spend a lot of time thinking, a lot of time communicating and presenting with with ideas, mm-hmm. and so our minds, my mind tends to be engaged in all of that. We're often reading and learning. Um, as a pastor, you know, I have pretty strong boundaries around my time. You know, there's a lot of pressure, a lot of demand, a lot of people um, in this role that to, to meet with and, and connect with. And so, um, but I've noticed that, um, yeah, my hands too were, you know, under equipped or just not being utilized in the way that I would want, um, you know, in a behind the scenes way that no one needs to know about that, that I'm serving, I'm loving my neighbors well. And I recently had an opportunity to, uh, to actually take care of my physical neighbor's yard. Mm-hmm. And that was just a really, um, meaningful moment for me, especially as I was thinking about head, heart and hands. And, uh, you know, I'm, she had knee surgery and so she couldn't get out there. She really values her yard. She, she goes to our church and, um, I just went over with my trimmer and my blower and my mower and just went to, <laughs> actually it wasn't my mower, mine broke. It was the neighbor's mower. <laughs> I used his mower, you know, to take care it's of the like, other neighbor. It's a community effort. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just, just, uh, went to work with my hands. You know, some people, I think of my friend, like my friends, the Eltons, like they are just so wired for that. Yeah. For me, it's a discipline. You know, for me, I have to do that out of discipline. Like, I got to preach to myself, Eric, your hand should be eager to do good. The mm-hmm. Book of James says that. Uh, you need to do this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, preaching on the stage. That's not, that's not discipleship. That, that's part of it. I mean, that's mm-hmm. part of it. That's a role. That's maybe a gift. But um, all Christians need to be involved with their hands, getting their faith dirty. And, and that was a real tangible way that I was uh, able to do that this week. So in Ephesians 4, I thought we'd go there now and look at this passage because it's crucial to this vision. Um, Matthew 28 is crucial to the vision, make disciples. Um, disciples obey, which is definitely activity, but certainly you have to know what the command is, so it yep. is authority as well. Um, but in Ephesians 4, verse 11, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers, Trevor, there you and I are, pastors and teachers, for what? To equip his people for works of service. So we had some fun in the message. I've I've been thinking about this a lot. To equip means to supply with necessary items for a purpose. You guys are gear guys. Well, I know Adam, you are. What what like gear? What was the most recent piece of equipment you bought, and why did you buy it? I'm curious. Equipment that I bought. I uh, I just I mean I I get usually get the new iPhone. That's yeah. A piece of equipment. I justify it. I say this all the time. It's the computer that I use the most every single day, oh, and so I like it to be the the most uh, capable. <laughs> tool <laughs> this so moment that's, brought, that's brought to you by iphone yeah, yeah. so you, you bought some equipment yeah. yeah yeah trevor you don't seem like a gear like a gearhead like books that's your equipment right? yeah like i books. do like we got some bookshelves when we moved into our new place you gotta that, hold the books yeah you need somewhere to put them you, yes and, exactly so that trevor, was good. When we installed your water softener at your house yeah this is funny trevor i didn't think to bring a couple tools that would have been helpful <laughs> You didn't Trevor, have the equipment you needed for the job Trevor, at hand. Trevor was lacking some tools. And so we're trying to think, okay, maybe we'll, we'll ask somebody else for some tools. And then Trevor thought, wait a second. 
what if my son Winston, my six-year-old son, <laughs> six-year-old son, what if his toolbox has the tool that we need? Wow. And he did. And it did. It did. Wow. <laughs> I, I was ill-equipped, but my, my six-year-old son, he took care of was very equipped. Yeah. That's a good illustration. Yeah. When you're under-equipped, someone who's more equipped steps in to equip you. How about that? That's yeah, discipleship. Yeah, there it you're is. You're being discipled by your son. Yeah. <laughs> Technically, everything he owns is yours. Is mine. Yeah. So. You yeah. remind him that. Yeah. Yeah. These are my tools. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, um, yeah, I made this strong point. Like, as I look around my neighborhood and I look around Utah, I look at my friends' lives, like... Everybody's spending massive amounts of money to equip their lives for what they need. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I'm looking at the guy. I'm not knocking anybody, but like just the point of how valuable gear is. The guy has you got the you know the the half ton pickup to yep. pull the camper with the boat connected to the back with, with the side on, by side behind on the trailer. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's fun. I wish I could do that. I'm not <laughs> knocking it, but it's like we know how much gear everybody has. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. There's a lot of gearheads out there. In fact, there was a show that was out for a long time called Portlandia. And uh, have you guys ever seen Portlandia? It's about Portland, the land that I come from. So I'm, uh. I resonate with it. But they have this episode about Portlanders. And it's called, uh, it's this scene you could YouTube it. It's called Gotta Get the Gear. You Gotta Get the Gear. And they want to go on this hike and they just decide they don't have enough gear. And so they spend all day getting the gear at REI. And then the sun goes down and they never hike. <laughs> and it's just so funny. Like we live in a world where people are getting geared up, you know? Yeah. And it's like, we have to do that for our spiritual lives. If we're disciples of Jesus, we got to get geared up for life with him. And we see that as Ephesians 4 continues. So mm-hmm. pastors and teachers, local church leaders, our role is to equip people for their life with Jesus. That's mm-hmm. our responsibility. And then the passage goes on with the so that. Here's the result of this equipping. So that the body of Christ may be built up. All right, so we're built up. We're growing we're, we're um, united and we're strong uh, together because of the equipping until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God. So there we have our minds, our heads. That there's knowledge involved as a disciple. So we have works of service with our hands built up in knowledge. There's our minds or our head bec- and become mature. Okay, that's where we use the word mature. We have the role of maturing in our faith. And so that's theological maturity. That's the mind knowledge maturity. We have relational emotional maturity. That's the heart. And we have serving maturity, right? Really Mm -hmm. maturing in our activity, our behavior. And that's obedience. And so we see it in this whole passage, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Of course, Jesus was perfect in his head, heart, and his hands. All right. So we, we have the fullness of Christ there. Then, and here's the next part, and this is where we see the tension in the passage, because something was happening in Ephesus, something is happening in our day. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves. So the, the point Paul's making is that there are other worldviews. There are other ways to live your life apart from Jesus, and people are getting tossed back and forth by life. And I see it here. Circumstances are throwing people into confusion. Worldviews are colliding. Um, passion, pleasure, sin. It, it, it's, it's competing for our hearts. Idolatry uh, taking the place of Christ. I mean, all of that is happening in Ephesus, and it's happening now. Um, but equipped people know how to handle that, and we're going to see that in the passage. And blown here and there by every wind of teaching and, the, and by the cunning and craftiness of pe- people, their deceitful scheming. So it actually seems that there are people who would like to lead other people in their thinking, in their hearts, and in their hands away from Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that produces confusion. Instead, speaking the truth in love, so we have this love piece from the heart, uh, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. So he's the head. He's our authority. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love. There's the heart again, as each part does its work. 
there's the hands again. So clearly, head, heart, hands is built into how the local church should function, and we see it in Ephesians 4. Mm-hmm. And this is um, this this passage is really the key passage in, in informing what we're going to be doing Monday through Friday at SMCC in equipping people's head, heart, and hands so that they are not blown around by life, but they're mature, representing Jesus um, to people. So that's kind of the the biblical um, basis for the head, heart, hands uh, vision. So mm-hmm. awesome. So what does it look like if we're just thinking about head? and authority right now, what does it look like when that is equipped and developed? Does that just mean that I'm smarter? Like, I just know more about the Bible? Like, what does that actually look like practically? Well, it's better than knowing less about the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, but no, you make a good point. So we measure maturity at SMCC based on how well we love God and love others. So um, theology, rightly done, leads to doxology. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it, it leads, meaning, that's a fancy way of saying when my when I understand who God is, I should glorify him for who he is. Mm-hmm. And when I'm glorifying him for who he is. I'll want to live that out in, in, in my life. And so it, they're all connected. You know, the, the danger of separating head, heart, and hands is saying like, you know, kind of um, thinking we are like three parts of a person and my head can somehow be engaged and my heart's not. Mm-hmm. Really what we're saying is that there's special equipping for the mind, but it will shape the heart. There's special yeah. equipping for the heart, but it will shape the mind. And they all fit together. And I think we see that like in Mark 12 where Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The second is like that, love your neighbor as yourself. So we have heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's interesting that he uses the word soul there. Someone could say, Eric, why don't you have soul in your vision? Head, heart, hands, and soul. Because it doesn't start with an H, people. That's why. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's why. But, but really, in, in a Hebraic mindset, um, a person encompasses all of those things. Soul kind of gets at all of that. Mm-hmm. In the way that we talk about heart, I think Jesus was talking about soul. It's like the hub of who you are. It's kind of all, it's all collected in this, you know, uh, mind, heart, mind, and strength is sort of all represented when you talk about who somebody is or yeah. their soul. And I mm-hmm. think that's that's an important distinction to, to make. Um, but so when we talk about our minds, what does it look like? Um, I think I want to just ask this question. What do you think someone needs to know or understand to be a follower of Jesus? Like, what are some important things someone needs Mm -hmm. to grasp intellectually to grasp Christianity? Mm. You guys have thoughts on that? Like, what does someone need to know to be equipped in the mind? I mean, simply put, and it's interesting, even in the class that I'm in right now, um, just better understanding or better grasp or more... um, maybe new perspective on the gospel itself mm-hmm. um, is a knowledge thing. Cause it's one thing just to say, Oh yeah, Jesus forgive me of my sins. But like, there's so much more that you can do as you're unpacking things and understanding it. In fact, in my class, we were talking about um, the idea of justification and redemption and unpacking what those words mean. Yeah. And so you can just see a lot of people in the class, their heads, the gears turning and understanding yeah. like, what does this actually mean? Yep. You know? So I think a fuller understanding of, of that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, Inside of theology, there's an understanding of um, important theological terms. That's yeah. important, yeah. understanding terms. I think, it, I think if you're a disciple of Jesus, you need to understand what those terms mean. Because redemption, you know, knowing that it was a marketplace term where someone would buy somebody out of slavery, and then seeing that word used to talk about what Jesus did on the cross and buying us out of our slavery to sin, when we connect those dots— we are more impressed. We fall more in love with the redemptive right, work of Jesus. Right. So the more you know, the more you love. And so understanding theological terms like mm-hmm. justification, redemption, sanctification, salvation, all the 
T-I-O-Ns, mm-hmm. um, yeah, shuns. Yeah. the shuns, those are, that's an important part of being uh, a yeah. Christian, equipped. knowing what the gospel is. No, equipped, yeah. 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 If you don't understand how salvation works, you might be tempted to think you have to earn your salvation. Right. That right. would be uh, being unequipped. That will set mm-hmm. you up for failure as a disciple. Yep. And that's the mm-hmm. thing. If you're under-equipped, you'll fail. I mean, it's like you wouldn't have been able to install the water softener without the right tool. Mm-hmm. You go on a camping trip without a tarp and it rains, you're going to be miserable. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you are under-equipped to follow Jesus, you will not be delighted. You'll be confused, and that leads to frustration. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so there's a lot on the line here. So we've got theological understandings. That's part of it. What else does someone need to know, do you think? Yeah, I think just to throw it out there, I mean, one of the ministries we have here at SMCC, SMCC is called SMCCU. And within the kind of the course offerings, there's actually four course, um, four core classes that sort of give you a foundation. And I would say when it comes to being equipped in the category of head, um, I, I would actually point to what these four courses cover, I think is really hitting that foundation. So what Christians believe hits all of the theological terms and ideas that we were just talking about, gives a person basically like the logic of Christianity. How do I think? Um, and, and kind of gives you a sense of how to go about understanding what the Bible's talking about at different um, passages with that theological system. And then there's two Bible classes. There's one, the story of the Bible, that just gets into where does the Bible actually come from? How do we know that it's reliable, that it's trustworthy? So get some of that. Uh, and then at the same time, just walks through what is in the Bible, broad strokes uh, from the beginning to the end. Then there's making sense of the Bible, which is hermeneutics, the study of interpretation. How do I have a meaningful time uh, in the Bible, with the Bible? How do I use the Bible in a way that fosters my relationship with God? And then the last one's just following Jesus, which is just looking at what are the specifics, kind of the practices that um, that really mark and make up the life that Jesus has invited us into? Mm-hmm. How do we understand those well? How do we implement them? Uh, what's the motivation for implementing them? Mm-hmm. And I feel like when it comes to being equipped for uh, this category of head of the mind, um, these four really hit the foundation really well. Yeah, I agree. I love those. I love those courses uh, for our church and how they equip the mind. Mm-hmm. So we have, um, yeah, big picture things, how all the dots connect sort of inside of Christianity. You have very mm-hmm. specific things, defining important words inside of Christianity. You have uh, an understanding of the historical context of the Bible and how to interpret it. What are some key principles and in biblical interpretation or hermeneutics? That's something your mind needs. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could go on and on. What does the Bible say about giving? Well, that's going to affect my finances. What does the Bible say about sexuality? That's going to affect my sex life. Like, you have mm-hmm. to think through that. It's your thinking that is so crucial to your feeling mm-hmm. and your behaving. Yeah. And so um, getting our minds aligned with what Jesus has already said, what he has taught. Some would say getting your mind aligned with the mind of Christ, which is yeah. a little fuzzy maybe but uh, to some, but is really um, what he says is what I think. Like, I want to get to that spot mm-hmm. in, my, in my worldview. And so that would be another area of, of the mind being engaged. Of course, we could dive deep into church history. How do we yeah. get our Bible? You know, mm-hmm. we could go into um, some of that. Just... Um, how to interpret evidence, you know? Like, I think if someone's going to be equipped for as, as a Christian, they need to know the evidence around the resurrection. I think mm-hmm. that's really important because on the days when it's like, man, I'm struggling today, is Christianity still true? Well, go back to the evidence of the resurrection. That will equip your mind to continue to follow, not because it feels good, but because it's true. Yeah. He's actually alive. I think of another thing. Um, if we're going to have conversations with non-Christians, our minds need to be prepared to do that. 
And I think like, I want to do some equipping now, even over the podcast. Like if you have non-Christians in your life and uh, faith comes up, where do you start? I think starting with um, unity and connection around questions is a better place to start than the disconnect around answers. So there are four questions that form every worldview. I think every listener to this podcast and every Christian should be prepared with these questions and have them memorized. Not because you get more points with God, because it, but because it will allow you to have a great conversation with your friends. Uh, an origin question. Where did it all come from? Everybody's asking that question, guys. I ask my kids that question. I can ask my father that question. I can ask my neighbors that question. Every worldview, atheist worldview, agnostic worldview, uh, it's all has that question in it. Uh, yeah. You know, it's an origin question. Where do things come from? So that's an important question to have memorized. Have it down when you're talking with people. Uh, the next question, how should I live? Everybody's asking that question, how should I live? Well, the answer to that question gets back to your authority, all right? But how should I live or a morality uh, question is, is important. Uh, what's my purpose? It's a purpose question, like a why am I here question. We should have that memorized. Why am I here, you know? And if I'm talking to somebody who uh, I'm friends with, who doesn't have a shared worldview with me, I want to bring that question up, man. Why, why do you think you're here? Like, what do you think the purpose is of, of, of life? And then the destiny question, where is this all headed? Um, you know, where are we going next? What happens when I die? You know, like those four categories, our mind should be equipped with those questions so that we are prepared for a conversation with a non-Christian. Like that's, that's a training. Like I got, sometimes we got to train our minds to memorize mm -hmm. those questions, or we got to train our minds to memorize the evidence for the resurrection in terms of the, uh, the seven E's that Frank Turek taught in his book, Stealing from God, eyewitness testimony, embarrassing testimony, excruciating testimony, early testimony. The reason I can rattle that off is not because I have an IQ that's somehow better than anybody else's. It's just that I've spent more time in internalizing it because mm -hmm. I, I, fortunately for me, I get to do that in my role. Like it's, it's nice that I get to equip myself so that I can equip others, and others have equipped me so that I can go and equip others. And, and I think that um, that is a picture of what it looks like to get equipped, Adam. That's probably a long answer to come back to your, your question. Worldview right. stuff, resurrection stuff, Bible stuff, boundaries and wisdom stuff, all of that is preparing the mind for life as a Christian. Mm -hmm. And I just want more and more people to have that ability to go there. And if you're listening to this and you're like, man, I don't have an ability to rattle off those E's. I don't have an ability to dive into the evidence for the creation of the universe. And if, if there was nothing and then something, what caused an immaterial, what caused a material, all powerful, time sensitive world? Well, something timeless, spaceless, immaterial. If you've ever heard me preach, you've heard me rattle that stuff. It's just because I studied it. And you can do that too. If you're listening to this, you can do that too. And that is part of, a, of getting equipped, getting equipped, getting equipped in your mind. And so we want to have more and more classes that do this equipping, do this training uh, for people so that they are prepared to live as a Christian. And that's really what Ephesians 4 is all about. And so for us, uh, it's really important. Some people could say that should happen on Sundays. I say that's one way to do it. We just think it should happen Monday through Friday. And Sunday is about driving people to Monday to Friday. So my goal is to create enough interest in a message on Sunday that someone would take a next step Monday through Friday because now they are living out the idea that Jesus is bigger than Sunday and I need to be a disciple every day of the week with my head, heart, and my hands. Sunday is sort of the, um, I don't know, the kickstart to that. It's the, it's the jumping off point. It's the, it's the runway. It's the takeoff to midweek discipleship. Mm -hmm. um, we don't think discipleship happens on, sun discipleship happens on Sunday alone, although it, it's, it's included. We think it primarily happens in our midweek environments. 
Excellent. I think that, <clears throat> excuse me, wow. I think that that provides a pretty good explanation, a little bit uh, more uh, more to it than just what we got on Sundays. And so I hope that people can use uh, this information to take their next step to um, figure out how to be equipped um, or allow, also allow SMCC to help them be equipped uh, in these areas. We, yeah, we want to partner with people and they're equipping. Yeah, absolutely. So we're not just saying this has to happen and you got to figure it out. But uh, there are ways that we can help equip with that. Yeah, and, and I think, uh, let me even throw out some more practical tools. The Bible Project on YouTube, great place yeah. to get yeah. some equipping. Um, a Bible commentary. Uh, you guys have a study Bible in SMCCU mm-hmm. that you hand out. Which one is that? If people wanted to go pick that up, because that's an, an important tool in the equipping mm-hmm. process. Yeah, it's the CSB. Okay. Um, yeah, CSB study Bible. It's great. Um, I have an NIV study Bible that I have used for a long time. Um, but either one of them are fantastic. Yeah. yeah. ESV is good too. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're like, I don't know what any of those are, just go with CSB. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah that, that's super important. Um, other podcasts that I think are, are super valuable. Um, let's, I mean, I, I do like listening to Frank Turek. I think he has some helpful stuff for the mm-hmm. mind. Um, I love John Lennox has a few books that have been really, really insightful. Um, gosh, it's like, I mean, I could just list so many tools that have been helpful in my own life. Um, yeah, I'd say one is the Jesus Storybook Bible. Okay. Um, that's a great one to, like, if you've got young kids, to read it with them, because it exposes them to, you know, Bible stories. It's really easy way. Just read with them before bed. Mm-hmm. And they do such a fantastic job at getting to the gospel throughout the entirety of uh, not just the New Testament, but the Old Testament, how each one of these stories is really pointing to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so it's not... Um, you can read that. Uh, it's good for your kids, and it's good for you. Like I have benefited from it, and yeah, so I'd say cool. that's a that's a great um, that's a great piece of equipment. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Uh, another podcast, uh, an organization, Stand to Reason. Uh, good, good stuff. I uh, I like that. Um, I mean, there's so many, so many avenues we could go down, but the point is, is that uh, we got to get some some tools in our lives to equip our minds, and um, there's a whole bunch of ways to do that classes being one of them here at SMCC. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, thank you guys for walking us through that. And thank you listeners for, for being here today. And what we'll do is we'll come back another two weeks uh, to, to finish up this podcast. We really do hope that if you can, you're joining us at one of our locations uh, throughout Utah, or you can also uh, catch up on SMCC online as well as we go through this series. Thanks again for being here and we will see you next week. Thanks again for joining us for the Fully Delighted Podcast. If you enjoyed this hopeful and helpful resource, we'd love to have you leave us a review or share an episode with a friend. For more information about SMCC, please visit us at our website at smccutah.org. Thank you for trusting us with your time, and we look forward to having you back again soon.